Momon Kong, case 38. A buffalo passes through a window. Goso said, A buffalo passes through a window. His head, horns, and four legs all pass through. But why can't the tail pass too? Mumon's comment. If you make a complete about face, open your eye and give a turning word on this point, you will be able to requite the four obligations that have favored you and help the sentient beings in the three realms who follow you. If you are still unable to do this, return to this tale and reflect upon it, and then, for the first time, you will realize something. Mumon's verse. Passing through, it falls into a ditch. Coming back, all is lost. This tiny little tale, what a strange and wondrous thing it is. Many years ago, when I was 12 or so, I read a story called Silent Snow, Secret Snow. How many of you have read this? Just this moment, I thought of this. The mind is so interesting, isn't it? Silent snow, secret snow. I'm now, what, 61. So 12, let's say, 12 from 61. I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) a long time ago, just now, this moment, So who's the author? Oh, good. So nice to have students <laughs> with memories. So beautiful snow falling, swirling around us and inside us. 
And of course, you, many of you, know the famous verse which goes. You can all say it with me. No snowflake falls in an inappropriate place. Each one of you is this unique, never before, never after snowflake. Couldn't be any place else. Your own original place. John, second day of session. All kinds of mysterious things manifest. And all kinds of mooing wind are supporting our practice. But sitting on the cushion, we keep thinking there must be something more. There must be something that I should be doing. I must be doing something wrong. Well, yes, you are. Many, many wrong things. (laughs) That's why we have officers. Whirling snow covering up the bowing mat. Can't see it. Upside down, right side up. It doesn't matter. Right? All is one. Ah, great. (laughs) And probably some of you are thinking, well, thank God I'm not an officer. Thank God it wasn't my job to put it there. And I have to think, well, what is your job? So both simultaneously, wonderful bodhisattvas, snowflakes, in perfect condition. Supporting and being supported. And at the same time, still perhaps there is some more attention needed. Maybe a little bit. This is wonderful. This is the endless path. It's not a matter of, oh, I'm not good enough. It's a matter of wonderful mistake after mistake. Nothing but this endless path. 
today's koan seems quite simple. A buffalo comes lumbering through the window. What could be more simple than that? And all of the buffalo comes through except the tail. T-A-I-L. Why? The question is, why? How come? How come the rest of this animal goes through? So just in case it's not immediately apparent to you, I will tell you that this koan is one of the koans classified by Hakuin Zenji as nanto. Nanto means the category of most problematic, difficult to pass through. Buffalo passes through a window. Difficult to pass through koan. So some of you may think, well, that may be, but I don't know anything about koans. All I know is it's difficult to pass through this sitting. Difficult to pass through any of this. I don't know what's going on here. It's just difficult. Practice is difficult. Every time I get some glimmer, I try to chase after it. It's gone. Such thoughts are quite common. How should we practice? This is a good question for everybody at whatever level. What kind of, how do we approach a Zen practice? Someone who's been sitting for a while said, I really feel as though I'm just starting out again. That's wonderful. So, putting aside all so-called understanding, all so-called insights. What about now? How should I practice? Sincerely asking this question, like Joshu coming to Nansen and saying, Please teach me, so sincere. Please, how should I practice? What is Zazen? If you've been practicing Zazen for 12, 15 years or more, you can understand what I mean by... A truly sincere heart. What should I? How should I? Not trying to impress anyone or prove anything. Just, how do I do this practice? Before session started, I overheard a conversation 
in which someone fairly new to the martial art called Aikido said to someone who's been practicing Aikido for a long time that he had been told by his teacher, don't use force. In other words, learn the flowing nature of the relationship between you and your opponent. See the movement before it happens. No need to push your way through something. Just natural response. So don't use force. Don't force it. And this other person who's been himself a teacher of Aikido for some time said, use force. (laughs) If you don't use it, then you'll never learn that it's not necessary. This kind of understanding is what is crucial for our practice. Someone else said to me, not exactly the same words, but about mu practice. All this time, I've been trying to wrestle with it, push through the barrier. What is more? With great energy. Digging into it. And this absolutely must, we must. At the same time, as we heard just a few moments ago, Wind is doing move. Snowflakes silently and secretly move. Because of our great effort, because we have knocked our heads against the wall, the barrier, the Mumon Khan, this gateless barrier, over and over and over, we can hear when 
some words are spoken. Let Mu do you to try to grab after somebody else's experience is the way we are taught in school. Memorize this, master that, analyze this, right? Analyze that. What was the movie called? (laughs) But to work with this burning need to understand is crucial far beyond trying to get it from someone else we have to give that enterprise up completely in our practice But having this hunger, this thirst, is essential. Without this thirst, we cannot realize what Hakuin Zenji just told us. Of course, he told it to us in Japanese today. So a few of you may not understand. Not knowing how near the truth is, we seek it far away. What a pity! We are like someone in the midst of water, crying in thirst so imploringly. What a pity! We must cry. We must feel this. What a pity! Before we can understand that we are completely wet. Water is everywhere. No one can say so to you. You only can find out for yourself. So this is the great, wonderful mystery of Zen practice. No matter what you think, somebody else's thoughts, let it go. You don't have to remember a thing. I'm so happy. don't have to remember a thing. The more you sit, the more you trust. The more you sit, the less of someone else's stale thoughts you have to hang on to. Find out for yourself. No snowflake falls in an inappropriate place. That means no, uh, no other snowflake can be in your place. Only you. So going through this process again and again, drilling into it again and again, and finding, finding that, hey, I don't have to do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. It's just doing. And this is what we mean by welcome home. 
here you are. It's doing outside, inside. Moing, 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 moing. And this is what Master Rinzai means when he speaks of Buji. There is really nothing to do, nothing to attain, nothing to strive for. As the Diamond Sutra said this morning, there is no truth to attain, no teaching to attain. So, what? Does that mean that you should just pack up and go? It means pay attention to this life that you are living right here, this moment. Your life is telling you everything you need right at this moment. You call it sleep. Call it sleep. Envy. Roth. This is the point. We're always calling it. We're always labeling it. Therefore, we miss it. Before you label, before you call it anything, what is it? So today... Master Goso Hoen calls it a buffalo. This Master Goso, you may remember uh, from another couple of koans that we did recently, um, Seijo's soul separated and if you meet a man of the way, both koans feature Master Goso Hoen, and you may recall that he was a scholar monk who was ordained quite late in life and was renowned for his philosophical bent. And what triggered his deep search, his deep questioning for his original home was hearing the very famous saying, it is like when one drinks and realizes for oneself whether the water is cool or warm. And so he went and found Hakun Shitan Zenji Daiyosho and saw into this and taught for 40 years. And as some of you may remember, one day he told his monks that he was going to retire. He went to his room, shaved his head, took a bath, sat down, and died. This master goes so hoins.
buffalo today. So, as I said, for most people, Ananto Koan requires quite a long time and a great deal of effort to see into it. And as you may know, the gateless gate, the Mumon Khan, is not uh, organized according to uh, easiest koans at the beginning, medium koans, and then hardest. They just kind of pop up here and there. Nanto koan pops up. Just as you think, ah, smooth sailing, I finally got this, and then, oh, knock down the flagpole at the gate comes along. And at the same time that we speak of this as somewhat uh, advanced case, you may think, well, because I am just beginning practice or I'm just beginning koan practice or whatever, you might think, well, this doesn't really pertain to me too hard. I don't get it. Whatever's said about it, I won't get. But I have to tell you that this is really simply a matter of one's karma. Someone spoke to me earlier today and said, everything that can possibly be understood about this koan, this person has never done a single case in the gateless gate. So, don't be scared. Have confidence in yourself. This is really what it's all about. This master, Goso, as I said, deeply philosophical and asking why. Looking into why. How come? This question, why? This great Curiosity, we must have. We must have. Not in the usual intellectual sense, but this need to understand the true being of our lives. Why are we here? What are we here for? How should we live? We cannot do Zen practice without burning question, sometimes called great doubt. To burrow in fearlessly, not thinking, I don't want to go there. Whatever, as I've said many times, whatever comes up that seems like a signal for you to go elsewhere, that should be a clue. That's where you need to go. Wherever you find resistance, that indeed is the secret opening. So it's counterintuitive to our usual upside-down views of 
self-protective, what is this, self-protective endeavor, self-protective endeavor, right? Self, self, self. Thinking that there is this unchanging, permanent self-nature, ego entity. So what is this buffalo, anyway? Imagine for just a moment that that buffalo is coming in. What's that like? What's a buffalo coming in the window like? Ambushed. Hmm? An am- being ambushed? Being ambushed by a buffalo? It's what? They're big, right? They're big. Buffalo's big. I think we can all agree. Big. Do you think do you think any of these windows can contain a buffalo? Not in the main Exactly. Not remain in the present form. What is the present form of our lives? What have we constructed to keep out the buffalo? Many, many times you may have felt yearning, as Doshin spoke so beautifully yesterday, yearning for this, what you may call true nature, right? Yearning for this true home. We have all these beautiful flowery ways of speaking about it, but how about buffalo? And so maybe there's a buffalo at the window and we think, oh, that's a buffalo. Keep it out. This is a really wonderful cosmic joke about practicing zazen. Buffalo's always at the window. Oh, keep it out, keep it out. Close the window. Put up another, uh, you know, one of those, like in cities, they roll it down. Metal, yeah, this is like a metal flat thing that comes rolling down, you know, the store is closed. Bam! Nothing gets through. Now we've done this. Each one of us has erected, pulled down, whatever you want to say. This. It's all buffalo. It's out there. Can't come through. We may feel secure. The point is, we may feel we have secured ourselves. Right? And truly, we have secured ourselves. We have done very well, secured ourselves. You stay in your little box, I'll stay in my little box, and everything will be fine until I blow you up. You blow me up, right? It's the only way we can maintain the fiction of selfhood is by creating these boxes, pulling down these gates. And then comes buffalo. So we yearn and we fear at the same time. We fear what we yearn for. We yearn for what we fear. And what is the window anyway? Or this security gate? Or this metal 
doorway or whatever it is. What is this? This is what we have created, uh, not only a barrier, but our perceived limitations, right? We feel windows this size, I can let such and such so much through, and that's it. Everybody has this feeling. My limits, my boundaries, whether we know it or not. And in session, we see, oh yeah, I'm doing this to myself. I'm making these limitations. And Buffalo is here. So, may seem when we first look at Buffalo, passing through a window, we may think, oh, this big thing, bull in a china shop, maybe we think. But looking more closely, the window that we have erected can be seen traditionally as the three realms, as it says later in the commentary. What are the three realms? The three realms are the three existences. This morning in the Diamond Sutra, we read about coming into existence, being born from eggs, from wombs, from moisture, or by transformation, whether with form or without form, whether in a state of thinking or free from thought necessity. So the three realms are this condition of being born into desire, being born into form, being born into no form, dying away. This is our human condition. Or wholly beyond all thought realms, all these forms, the Buddha says, all these are led by me to attain unbounded nirvana. All these windows are primarily open. So how about this head, these horns, these legs passing through? How is it when, after being here in session, sitting after sitting, you notice, oh, that was a thought-free moment. (laughs) (laughs) Or something happens and you don't have any positive or negative response. It just happens. You think, wait a minute, did I like it or not? So all these thoughts, all these feelings, all these concerns, all these views, head, horns, four legs, all pass through. Just pass through, passing by. 
like Onondaga Creek, just passing by. Of course, there is this kind of atavistic need to examine it and categorize it again, but truly it's just passing through, just passing by. The more we allow this to happen, the more it takes care of itself, passing through. Many times people fear this conditionlessness because, and so they've told me, what what about Monday? (laughs) I'd better stay in shape for what awaits me after session. I know it's real. This isn't I mean, what was that masked man? (laughs) I better check the window. So here's the most wonderful thing about thoughts. Thoughts just pass through. Just a passing thought. Thoughts are not a problem. When you need to use the thought as in, is that a bus or a butterfly? (laughs) You'll know what to do. It's a bus across the street. It's a butterfly. I'll say, wow, in the middle of winter in a snowstorm. Really amazing. Oh, it's a snowflake. You'll know. So we don't trust this big mind, whatever you want to call it, buffalo, okay? We don't trust. Just resist, resist, resist. So when thoughts come, no problem. Don't expend any energy trying to blank your mind out because that doesn't ever work. Thought comes, if you need it, fine, take care of it. Oh yeah, turn the bowing mat right side up, good thought. If you don't need it, fine, let it go. This is head, horns, and four legs all passing through. Again and again, passing through. Or... We may be familiar with the term Tathagata from the Diamond Sutra. Thus come, thus gone. Thus come, thus gone. Thus come, thus gone. gone. So, what about the tail? You may remember, the tail didn't pass through. What about this tail? Why, Master Goso said, why can't the tail pass too? And of course, logically, if the buffalo is going through a window, the tail, unless somebody's there, (laughs) tail goes too. What doesn't pass through? 
In the oxherding pictures, some of you are familiar with the ten oxherding pictures. There's a number stage number nine. It's called returning to the source. And the verse goes like this. Having returned to the source, effort is over. The intimate self sees nothing outside, hears nothing inside. Still, the endless river flows tranquilly, on. Flowers are red, or we might say, snow is white. What happens when the ego structure is gone? Shakyamuni Buddha said when he awoke, at last, the edifice is destroyed. Now we think we here are far removed from Southeast Asia, and we look on in horror and compassion at what has happened. And this, of course, is true, a true cataclysm has occurred. The earth has moved on its axis, such a profound trauma that has taken so many lives, not only we always hear human lives, but not only human lives, many animals, many insects, sinks, beds, chairs, roofs, cars, sentient and insentient beings swept away. The edifices completely destroyed. If you think buffalo is big, tsunami wave beyond comprehension. The other day, Jisho and I attended a service at one of the hospitals for those who lost their lives in the tsunami. And there was a speaker who had been in Southeast Asia at that time. And he said, what struck him was how deeply accepting the people there were of this disaster how thoroughly in every cell of their being they understood this tale of the buffalo. He did not say, but I say, 
darkness, birthless, deathless. Of course we grieve. Of course, terrible disaster. And at the same time, with humility and radical acceptance, not resignation, but radical acceptance, we begin picking up the pieces, clearing the village, repairing the boats, and burying our children. So please don't think that we in our safe Northeast United States homes are in any way separate from those in Southeast Asia. And also, please know what they, because this Buddhist practice is so much a part of lives there, know this birthless, deathless, ever-flowing, endless river of being. Dogen Zenji said, This world is but the tail of a buffalo passing through a window. The tail is the mind which knows neither passing nor not passing. Still, we may struggle with this. Somumon's comment, if you make a complete about face, what is this complete about face? Examine everything you're thinking and turn it right side up. Question everything, every single assumption you make about your life, about birth and death, about what you need, about all of your limitations. Question. Make a complete about face. Open your eye. What eye is this? Open your eye, E-Y-E. Open your eye, your Dharma eye. They all have it. Open. See with your Dharma eye not your dualistic, myopic, blind two eyes, dualistic eyes, no help whatsoever. And give a turning word on this point. Manifest with your whole being. Come into Doksan and immediately present your whole being. Don't come in and sit there and wait for something to happen. Come in. Come in. Be the buffalo. If you do this, 
then you will be able to requite the four obligations that have favored you. What are these four obligations? You may think, well, I have a lot of obligations. I don't know that I can narrow it down to four. (laughs) So these four obligations traditionally are, first of all, like them or not, one's parents. This is very important because so many times I hear how difficult the relationship is. And very few times do I hear true gratitude. So on parents, one. Two, one's country. Now, as I said, this is traditional. We don't think that way in America. We have a lot to say about how terrible the president is and all such views. Happen to be right, but... (laughs) Still, views which keep us from truly requiting... Just think, here we sit in this beautiful zendo on these beautiful six and a half acres and plow goes by each time it snows on Seneca Turnpike. And even though we think, well, we pay a lot, the lights are on and we have heat. Gozan was telling me earlier about what it's like to live in a monastery in Japan when there is no place you can go to get away from the cold. No place. There is no place that is not cold in the winter. Imagine that. We think, oh, we have to walk all the way to the... (laughs) And then we get in and it's like a hothouse. Imagine... You go to the Doksan room, no central heating. You go to have your meal, no heat, none. Hasn't had heat for how many centuries? None. Not just that that furnace is off and it's a little bit chilly. No, it had never, ever, ever had heat. End of story. This is what we mean by requiting our feeling this gratitude to our country. Many things are wrong with it. That's why we must requite. That's why we must take care of it. That's why we must give our zazen energy to our community, to our neighbors, to write the upside-down bowing mats all around us. Understand? And third, well, as I said, you may think there are more than four obligations you have. Well, So this covers a lot of territory, right, so far? Third is all beings. (laughs) To requite the love Ah, the the care, the support of all beings without exception. 
the ones you like, the ones you hate. It doesn't matter. They're all from beginningless time making it possible for you to breathe right now, this breath. There is not a single being that ever lived who did not contribute to this breath that you are taking right now. What a debt! And fourth, Tisarana, Buddham Saranam Gachami, Dhamman Saranam Gachami, Sankam Saranam Gachami. To take refuge in this, to truly take refuge is to requite Buddha, Dharma, Sangha. And help all beings in the three realms who follow you. And help all beings, whether born with form or no form, in a state of desire or in a state of extinguished Okay, this verse, Momon's verse. We're coming to the end. Have faith. (laughs) I won't even read anything to you that I brought. The verse. Passing through, it falls into a ditch. What is this ditch? So, of course, we like the idea, as I said, of passing through all concepts gone, all views gone, all desires gone, all cravings gone, all preoccupations gone. Just (sighs) wonderful. And so what this is warning us about is emptiness or mushin. Maybe a little perversion here. Emptiness that is dead, that has no actualization, that isn't functioning. Or maybe stone Buddha would be another way to put it. I'm deep in my samadhi. I'm deep in my samadhi. Okay, so even now I have no I, no my, just samadhi. Great. So I don't have to pay any attention to anything. Dead. Dead in the water. So, warning about this. Falling into a ditch. Coming back. So, this is the dualism of our way of understanding everything. Categorizing. Coming back. Okay, don't be stuck in emptiness. So, coming back into... We think formless form must be two. Emptiness, fullness, all my thoughts, all my preoccupations, conditioned, discursive mind, all is lost. It's not this. It's not not this. It's not 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 this. It's not 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 this. This is the way we work. Enslavement. Again. This tiny little tail. 
What a strange and wondrous thing it is. This essential truth of the tale. Here we are. We must find out about this tale for ourselves. What does it feel like? How long is it? What's the texture? Why can't it pass through? This question, some of you may know there are a couple of other koans that ask similar questions. Why is it that a man of great strength cannot lift his leg? Or, Buddha sad for kapas. Why did he not attain realization? Why? Why? Why doesn't the tail pass through too? So let us examine without stint. Let us exhaust ourselves in examining and finding out for ourselves about this tiny little 